0: All right. Good morning. Good morning. There we go. All right. So glad that you're here today. Thank you for being here, and uh, thank you for the worship team for leading us this morning. And uh, some of you just might be your first time with us. I'm so glad you're here. I'm. My name is Scott, and uh, I'm the lead pastor here. And I'm just honored to be uh, I'm honored that you're here today. And uh, if you uh, as you came in, you should have received a program, a little program, and inside the program is a little card It's a Connection Card, and inside, uh, if you take a minute, put out that card, let us know about your visit with us today, and you can drop that card in the offering basket at the end of our service this morning, and um, so thank you for being here. Um, I want to, uh, first of all, say thank you to Pastor Tom, you know, Tom was over here leading our worship, and... Um, one of our worship leaders, and uh, Pastor Thomas brought the message last week, and it just did a fantastic job, and last Sunday was uh, an ice storm, and so half of you didn't make it, and <laughs> that's okay, um, and I understand. So if you haven't listened or heard or watched the message last Sunday, I, I hope you do, because it, it-, it was amazing, and, um, and it really kind of sets up today's message um, as well, so you can go online, go to Facebook, go to our website, and you can find that message from last Sunday. but a few things that he mentioned last week that as we get ready to preach part two because he a two week series on focused vision and i 'm going to bring the, the second part and the last part and uh, and so uh, last week he talked about for you you know today I want to talk about for our church. Um, he mentioned last week, the verse, he mentioned Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, where there's no vision, uh, the people perish. We're talking about focused vision here. And when we don't have focused vision, the Bible says people perish. Another translation says that when there's no revelation, the people go wild. Gone, they go wild. They lose, uh, they catch off restraint, uh, And so it's important that we have vision. It's important that we talk about this. Uh, idea of focused vision. Uh, Pastor Tom mentioned last week you were created for significance and not for survival. It's a powerful statement. We're going to kind of build on that a little bit today. And then he mentioned that there are five types of dreams that people have. And, um, and talk about the dream number one that many people have no dreams. And I, I hope by the end of today's message that you begin to dream a little. I, begin, I pray that you begin to see the dream that God has for you. But many people have no dream. That's number one. Another dream, uh, type of, types of dream, is a wrong dream. You know, you've got dream, but it's not the right dream. Uh, some of you, you have a dream, uh, you're stale. It's a stale dream. Or vague, a vague dream. You know, you've, uh, maybe you have a dream for 2020, to be a better person. Well, that's great. I I think all of us want to be a better person, right? That's kind of vague. And so to talk about a little bit more specific in your dream. And uh, I think we're, and this is where Tom, Pastor Tom Landry last week, uh, it's all these dreams that we talked about, the different types. The fifth dream is where we should end end up with and that's a God dream. Having a dream inspired by God. A God dream. And, and today, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about a God dream for your life. I want to talk about a God dream for Lay Point Church. I want to, I want to cast a little vision uh, of, of what we're about and what we want to do and what we want to see in your life. And um, I want to share my heart with this community. And this dreams, there are goals, and I think it's good to have goals. And uh, every year we set up goals, and I think they're good things to have. And we have goals for this year. Is to, and a couple of things, real quick, uh, we want to, well, our goal is to have a new parking lot in the north end to add an extra 100 parking spot, so that we can grow more, reach more people, and, um, and so that we can see an increase in the people that we're reaching in our community. And uh, in fact, we're in the final stages at Shelby Township with the City, city Board or City Hall. And uh, it's been approved, which is finalizing all the final paperwork of that plan. And once that's in place, we'll start looking for um, contractors. And then when it warms up, Lord willing, when it warms up, we'll be able to start to work on that new parking lot. And uh, part of our other dreams this year, a vision for Lake Point, is to restructure the way we do care ministry and care teams. You know, before we moved into this building, our church ran almost half the size. And so care ministry was done differently. It was more manageable with a few people. But then we doubled almost overnight. And uh, so that means we need to restructure it a little bit in the way we do care and, and, and grow our team so that we can minister to all of us and not just, me and a few, but many of us ministering to each other. Which is what we're here for? We're a family. The family wants to take care of each other. We want to develop uh, this year um, a foundation a, for mentorship and one on one and discipleship for deeper in the word. And we're working through that this year. And uh, what does that mean? You know, yeah, we believe in life groups and we got the small group, but what what if we want to go a little bit deeper in the Word of God and developing, in our know, walk with God? And that's part of our dream that we want to put in place this year. You know, we want to see salvation. We want to see 35. Uh, we're praying for 35 baptisms of people that take the next step in believers' baptism this year. And that would be the most that we've ever had in one year. And I believe we can, but we can do that. In fact, we're having our first baptism. Um, coming up in March, the very first Sunday of March. I believe it's March 1st. And um, that'll be our very first uh, baptism this year, an opportunity for you to get baptized. And so, and that's just, you know, that's just a small part of the vision of Lake Point Church. And, and today, I just want to dream with you uh, what I want, what, about what I want to see at Lay Point, And it's tied to our mission statement. And if you know our mission statement, this should be easy, but some of you just, you're new. And you're like, what well, is our mission statement? If you're taking note, and then you'll see on the board, on the, on the, on the screen behind me, it's that our mission statement is helping people take their next step with God. That's what we're about. We want to help people, wherever they're at in their journey of life, to take their next step with God. And we believe, we really believe this. We believe that every person in this room, including myself, have a next step to take. We have a next step to take in our walk with Christ. And that's our mission statement. I want to show a verse this morning as we kick things off. And, uh, and, and this verse basically said that the way that you grow in your walk with God and the way that you have to grow and the way that you grow is you have to get yourself in the right kind of environment for growth to happen. I want you to look at Psalm 92, verse 13. It says, those who are planted In the house of the Lord shall flourish. If you want to underline the word flourish. The word planted and the word flourish. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. In other words, if you get yourself in the right environment, good things happen. Good things happen. In the United States there's a part of our country out west in California called Death Valley. It's not a vacation, vacation destination point. It's the driest, it's the hottest place in America. Nothing grows there at all because it never rains. It never rains, that's why they call it Death Valley. In fact, I've got a picture for you, and this is what Death Valley looks like. It's a dry desert, it's hot. But something happened in 2004, a phenomenon happened. In the winter of 2004, it rained. It never rained, but it rained, seven inches of rain in less than 24 hours. And that was crazy. Now, after the rain's gone, something else happened. It happened overnight, but by spring of 2005, within about three months after this event, this 7-inch rain, Death Valley, something happened. Here's the next picture. And it blossomed. They called it the, the Great Bloom of 2005. It blossomed. In other words, this it, is crazy. It, Death Valley was never dead. It had always been dormant. There had always been seeds of potential in the soil of of that of that uh, of that valley. And it just needed to be in the right environment for great things to happen. It needed to be in the right spot. And I hope you know where I'm going with this. And if you're taking notes, you'll see this. And this is my dream. This is my You know, I I share a small vision, but this is my big dream for you. My big dream is I want to make sure that people get in the right environment so that the best version of you happens. I want to see the best version of who God made you to be. I want it to happen. And it happens when you put yourself in the right environment. You are somewhere, all of us, you're somewhere on a spiritual journey. You're somewhere in all that God has for you. And the key is to find out, is to identify where you are right now, and then look where you gotta go to take that next step. And that's my goal today, to help help you identify where you're at, to do somewhat of a self Assessment. I mean, we're at the beginning of the year. It's always the best time of the year. I mean, you should always do it, but this is a great time to do it. It's to evaluate your spiritual walk. Evaluate where you're at spiritually to identify where you are and to see where you need to go because that's what it's going to take. And if you want to flourish, if you want to bloom, then you've got to see where you're at. Because you're not meant to be dead. You're not meant to be dormant. Your life is supposed to flourish. You know, God wants you, he wants you to see where you need to go. In Psalm 15 verse 11, the psalmist says, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Um, And This is the prayer. He said, God, show me, show me the path of life so that I can find fulfillment, so that I can find true joy that only you can give. And I believe that most of us in this room, you know that the potential is out there but you don't know what the journey is. I think that some of you say, man, I know the potential. I just don't know where to go. And you've not been known or you've not been shown the path of life. And that's your pastor, that's your spiritual tour guide, so to speak, I want to help you find your potential in life. I want to break down what that is. I want to help you wherever that is. and I want you to discover your next step, the path of life. And the path of life, by the way, the path of life, God doesn't always show you the entire path. You know, he showed, he, sometimes he just shows you the next two steps, maybe the next step alone. It's like Abraham. And know, God showed Abraham, he just said, hey, just go. Go where? Just go. And I'll just keep going. I'll tell you when to stop. And Abraham... He didn't see the whole path, but he knew the next step. And by faith, he took that step. He obeyed. And because of his obedience, God blessed him. It started with faith, and then he had to obey in obedience. And God blessed him. We just need to take the next step. You might not see the whole journey. You might not see the whole path, but God will show you one step at a time. God showed me the path of life. In Ephesians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul prayed this prayer, and I believe that the bulk of our message here today, I believe we're going to see four things in this verse that's really going to help us, these two verses, that's going to help us to see where we're at in this journey of life. And I believe that he's going to also show us our next step in these two verses. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 17. Paul prays, they said, I keep asking. I mean, Paul was really into this prayer. Man, God, I'm always asking. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It kind of goes back to Psalm 16, that, you know, that you will see the path of life, that, you, that God will give you wisdom in these things. He said, and Paul said, man, I just wish that people could see this. I wish that people could realize that this is where they're at. And and, and that's my desire for you today. I really wish you would leave here today from this message and say, man, my eyes are open to where I am and where I need to go next. And then Paul mentioned the four things that that he's hoping all of us will find ourselves today somewhere on this spiritual journey. And And I'm hoping that you'll find yourself today, too. Chapter 17, or chapter 1, verse number 17. He said, I keep asking that the God of our Father, God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. He said, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of Glorious inheritance in his holy people. I'm going to break that down, but there are four things that Paul's praying for, and I pray that we'll find ourselves somewhere along this line and see our next step. Number one, if you're taking note, Paul prays that we know God better, that we know him better, to know God. The word know in the Greek is the word and it means to know God personally, to know God in an intimate, personal way, which was a, a very foreign concept for the people of this time period. I mean, a lot of them saw God, or maybe our God, maybe not the true God, but they saw God as the distant being who wasn't really interested in the everyday affairs of their lives. And so Paul was like, man, we can have a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, with God our Father. It's an intimate term. It's a relational term. And everybody was like, man, I had no idea we can get to know God personally and intimately. Paul said, man, I wish you would know him and know him better. You need to understand, God isn't looking for religion. God is looking for relationship. He wants a relationship. And someone here today needs to take that step from just, you know, I just attend church, you know, I, I, I just, you know, my about being a religious person and getting my act together and trying to be good. It's more than that. You need to take a step away from that and say, man, it's more than just trying to be a good person and just going to church and doing good things. It's about being in a personal, intimate relationship with a very real, alive, and living God. You just need to take that step. And there may be some of you, that's where you're at in this journey is you don't know God. And and Paul prays that today your eyes will be open. And he said, man, I need to know God. I need to take that step. And perhaps some of you, you know God, but you don't know him very well. You've asked Jesus in your life. You've asked him through your heart. But, you know, Sunday is the only time you meet with God. You come to church on Sunday, you're hoping to get your Jesus face. And you think, man, if I get my Jesus fixed, you know, I'll be good for the next week. And then when I come back to church, you know, I'll need another, you know, another shot of Jesus. I'll get Jesus in my life. And you're hoping to get Jesus every now and then. And then you might be like, you know what? You know, next Sunday you might feel like, yeah, I'm pretty good. I don't know that I need too much of Jesus. I'm, I'm still kind of doing good from the last Sunday. And God said, man, I want you to know me more than just a Sunday. Man, I want you to know me personally every day in a personal relationship and know him better. Paul prays, I want you to know him, not just on Sunday, but on on Monday. And some of you have never taken that step. You've never taken that step. Now, many of you may have. You may have taken that step. And if you have, there's a second step in our spiritual journey, And that second step is to find freedom. To find freedom. That's the second step in your spiritual journey. The first step is to know God. To know God. The second step might be, hey, I need need to find freedom. Paul says in in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. In other words, that the eyes of your heart be filled with light. Another translation said that Paul wished that the eyes of your heart be focused and clear. And when you read that, you're kind of like, well, that's kind of weird. You know, the eyes are not on my heart. The eyes are on my head. Come on, Paul. You know, you got your anatomy upside down here. You know, but Paul, Paul is making a point that all of us, we need to realize. And that is, we're all not looking light. We're not all looking at life through these set of eyes. You're looking at life through the eyes and the lens of your heart. Every single one of you is looking at life through the lens of everything that's happened to you. Every one of you is looking through the lens of your past, your pain, your problems, your hurt, your good days, your bad days, your relationship, Paul saying in his prayer, he said, once you know God intimately and personally and you, and you have a powerful relationship with him, he said, I wish you could understand how important it is to take the second step of your spiritual journey, where you, get to, where you start to get your heart right, where you get your heart healed, where you begin to experience freedom. Finding freedom. And by the power of Christ that is in you and that's in me, we have to deal with the stuff that keeps holding you back where you're not getting the best version of you. And you know what I'm talking about. Every one of you, you're thinking of that area right now. You know that one area that's in your heart that's holding you back. It's that habit, it's that addiction. Get this, it, it, it's the secret. It's that secret that you told nobody about. You've got that one thing. And and there's a solution to this. And most of us would say, well, yeah, the solution is God. And and, but you'll be surprised that there's more to the solution than you think. It's not just God, but God, you know, He sets in motion a way for you to find freedom. And it's found in James chapter 5, verse number 16. He said, Therefore, confess your sins. To each other. That's weird. Confess your sin to each other and pray for each other, so that you may be healed. You may be restored. So yeah, you go to God for forgiveness. But it's important for you to go to God's people for healing. And for a lot of people, you wonder why you still have the same addiction and habit. It's because you've closed yourself off from from everybody. You're living a. Yeah, you might be in front of everybody. You might be friends with a lot of people, but they don't know you, and you have not shared your heart. One of the best places here at point, is in a life group. I challenge you. Find a life group where you can get around people you know. And listen, we don't do a life group. You know, we don't do a life group you know, just so that you can have another Bible study or a Bible lesson. You can do that online all day, every day. It's always a Bible lesson somewhere. And we think, yeah, small groups, yeah, we do Bible studies and Bible lessons, but much more than that, you're in a small group so that you can connect with other people and build a relationship. And maybe one of those times you go to a life group you know, maybe not in front of everybody. You can. I've seen it done that way, and it's powerful. But maybe you're like, hey, you say, "Hey, no, know, I need to talk to somebody." You pull someone out, and you say, "Hey, can I talk to you in the kitchen, or can I go? Can we talk in the front yard, or wherever. I, I, or maybe we can go to coffee, get coffee, or lunch. I'd like to sit down and talk to you, and, and you begin to open up and to, and to share that one thing that's in your heart that's holding you back, that you're shackled. Now, were you able to? Open, lift up the mask and say, hey, I, I'm dealing with the thing in my life. And somebody say, man, Scott, I'm afraid if I do that, they might be shocked. They might say, oh, my word, I can't believe, th- I can't believe you have that problem. And I'm here to say this. You'll be surprised that when you go to someone and you open up and say, hey, man, I've got this thing going on in my life, you're going to probably hear back. Wow, you too? I thought I was the only one. I thought I was the only one struggling with that. And then you begin to hold each other accountable. There's support, there's prayer. And I know that's a big step, but man, this is is critical in the journey of life. If you want to find freedom, man, you can't do life alone. There's value in relationship, and that's why we have James chapter 5. And for 16, which so I challenge you, if you're in a life group, life group's done in a couple weeks. You've got life group information in the program. You can go online. You can sign up today. You can go in the lobby. Get involved in our life groups. And you might go into one life group, and you might be like, nah, these aren't my people. No, get out and go to another life group the following Sunday. Find a group that fits you. Connect with people. All right, let's do it. Get involved in a group. So, we're going to know God. We're going to find freedom. But here's the third thing that Paul prays for. And for some of you, this is where you are right now. In fact, probably 80% of you in the room, this is where you're at. Number three, discover your purpose. Discover your purpose. Paul said, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Now, we need to realize, again, if you're taking notes, that God created you, he created you on purpose for a purpose. Every one of us in this room. He created you on purpose for a purpose. Now, you cannot know your calling if you don't do the first two things I talk about. You can't know your calling. It's impossible to see the plan that God has for you in the future if you're still looking through the lens of yesterday, if you still hold back from the pains of yesterday. You cannot see your tomorrows if your glasses are still covered in smudge in the dirt of yesterday's. And some of you even wonder, you know, I don't know God's plan for my life. How come I don't know? And it's because you've never done the second up in a journey where you find freedom, where you're getting your heart clear and settling the the pains of yesterday so that you can see the promise of tomorrow. You can't do all this until you can't see what God has really called you to do until you find freedom. That's why so many of you are stuck here and not able to do this because you're still trying to deal with the pains and the addiction and the struggles of the past and of the now. You're just still there. And you can get freedom. And when you do that, you begin to see what God has called you. That's the question. What did God call you to do? Everyone has a calling. You know, some people say, well, you know, the only person I know that has a calling are the ministers. They don't, they're the only people that are calling. But that's not true. The Bible says that we all have been called to something. We're all called to do something. You may not be called to priest, but you're called to minister in some type of way. So what is your purpose? What is your calling? You know that in one study in America, 87% of the body of Christ does not know what body part they are. 87% of the body of Christ, 87% of the people, they don't know what their function is. I mean, can you imagine what it would look like if 87% of your physical body they didn't know what they were supposed to do, like the hand, they didn't know what they were supposed to do and the nose and the feet. You'd be one messed up person. And, and, and that's probably why the church doesn't function like the church should because the church people, the body of Christ, doesn't know their purpose. We need to know what parts of the body you are. And according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, all of the body parts have different functions. You have a function. Every one of us here, you have a function. Now, some of you, you try to look in other places for your purpose. You know, we tend to look for, all of us, we tend to look for, look for a purpose in making money, jobs, careers, other pursuit of life. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them. But they're just not the best part or the best version of you. The best part and the best version of you. Paul said this about purpose. He said in Acts chapter 20, verse 24, he said, I consider my life worth nothing to me, By the way, Paul had a master's degree. I mean, so to to speak, maybe a PhD. This guy was brilliant. I mean, he could have been a high-paying professor of Jewish laws. And he gave all that up because he realized that his life was worth nothing to him. He said, my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus had given me. And I want you to have the same thing. I want you to chase after what God wants for you. A God dream. Romans 12, verse 6, it says we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And the word gift, it's the word charis. It's a Greek word that says charis. It's where we get the word charismatic. And the charismatic, it's not a wild person in church. That's not what that is. Charismatic. A charismatic, it it means grace. And so Paul said that we all have different gifts Gift of grace, grace gifts. This is so important. You have something, every one of us. You have something inside of you that God designed. Way before you showed up, before time began, he knew you were here, before the foundation of the world, and he designed each and every one of us with this gift. And so that when you do that gift, when you exercise that gift, there's fulfillment. And it makes a difference in other people's lives. That's a great gift. And you've got to get on pursuit of that. You've got to go after that. You've got to allow God to show up, to show you what those things are. And if you don't, what happens is you're just things that really don't matter in life. There's this uh, dog track in Florida. And, and if you know what a dog track is... Um, you know, it's a greyhound dog track, and I, I, I've never been to one, but I've seen it on Buzz Bunny, okay? And so you see the, you see the greyhound, and uh, what do you see? You know, the dogs have to chase something, so they got a mechanical rabbit, all right? And they have these mechanical rabbits, you know, on the inside rail of the track. And so there was a dog, the true story. There was a dog track in, in Florida somewhere, and, and the, the race got started, and that mechanical rabbit, he takes off, and all the greyhound dogs, they started chasing off, you know, chasing after that mechanical rabbit. And about that first turn on that track, the mechanical rabbit um, had a little malfunction and it blew up. (laughs) And, uh, and and you know, wires everywhere, the furs from the the, um, the rabbit, you know, all over the place. And, And so now the dogs, they're confused. They don't know what to do. They had one purpose: chase the mechanical rabbit. And so, what happened was, one of three things: the dogs either, you know, some of the dogs, they, um, they decided it was a good time to take a nap. And so they just lay down right there in the middle of the track. You know, a, a, a second set of dogs, they just started barking at people. They started barking at all the people in the stands, and just barking. And there was a third set of dogs. They were so confused. It was like, man, maybe I'm supposed to eat the rabbit that you know up there on that rail, and what's left of it. And so they they getting up there, and some of them were getting hurt and getting tangled in that inside rail. And it was a mess, it was a big mess. But I'm thinking, man, what a picture of humanity. If you're not chasing the right thing, you'll take a nap or you might bark at everybody else, or you just hurt yourself. I mean, that's what we do, and it's so true, and that's why critical for you, if you want your life to be successful, you've got to go on a pursuit of the purpose that God has for you. Critical, but then once you do that, once you discover your purpose, what you are, then the fourth one is making a difference. That's the fourth step. You discover your purpose, And say, you know what? I see my calling. Now I'm going to make a difference. Now step into that. Paul says in Ephesians 1, chapter 1, verse 18, As I pray that the eyes of your hearts may be enlightened, that you be free from the past in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. You see what he's calling the purpose the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Realize that you have an inheritance. Watch this. It's not yours alone. You have it in his holy people. It's with a group of people. God wants you to make sure you're connected with others. He wants you to take your purpose and make an impact For him, not so that people can be impressed with you, but that people can see God and that he be lifted up. John chapter 15, verse 8. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And God said, Man, I want you guys to bear fruit. I mean, that, that's what I want this life right here, where you're beginning to catch fruit. And who eats the fruit? Not you. You're the tree. Tree don't eat their own fruit. Who eats the fruit? Everybody else. You're producing fruit for others. And when you're doing that, the Bible says that's the mark. Of a disciple. When you discover your calling so that you can cast out the fruits of your life. Well, there's some low hanging fruits. I and mean, right now, there's some low hanging fruits right now. And this may it, you know, this is just to get you started somewhere. This might catapult you to something else. But low hanging fruits, just around here, I mean, it's an opportunity to serve. That's why we have two services. One of the reasons is, first of all, to create room, but also so that you can worship in one and serve in the other. And some of you are doing that. But, man, what an op- awesome opportunity to be able to do that. I mean, you can go on mission every week and, and bear fruit. Bearing fruit to others. You can say, hey, you know what? I'm going to be a greeter every week in one hour, and then I'm going to worship in the other hour. Well, I'm going to work with the kids and build relationships with those kids. You know We have some volunteers, they do that every week. And it's making a real impact on the kids that they see every week. I mean, I understand if you have to do it once a month or twice a month, but man, think about if you can do it every week. You're not just teaching a lesson. You're investing in your kids' lives that's in your group every Sunday. Praying for them. You know when they're sick. You know when they're not there and you can be praying for them. You know, you can serve in other capacity on the the worship team, in the the, the tech team, many different areas, in the youth ministry. you realize that Jonah's taken, how many now to camp, 42? 44 kids to camp, 44. He's got four volunteers going with him. That's a handful. Jonah, if, if a couple more people say, hey, I'll go with you, you might take them too, right? You know? Hey, because we can invest in the next generation. Bearing foods. Bearing food. Good job, by the way. 44 kids. Give it up for Jonah. Yeah. Be involved in community outreach. Go on mission. Barefoot. Those are some low-hanging fruits right there. Bearing food. Man, the church needs you. We need you. The lost people of this country, the lost people of our community, they need you. And I'm saying that make it different. Make it different. Make it different. Make it different. And it's time for some of you to get moving. Wherever you're at, to get moving. Whether you're here or whether you're here, you're not trying to find freedom. Maybe you need to know God or maybe you need to find freedom. Maybe you're here, you need to discover your purpose. Maybe you said, man, I know my purpose. But now, man, put it to use to make a difference. Making a difference. Making a difference. Have you been at an intersection at the red light? The person in front of you, I know I've done this, you know. We all do this, I think, maybe. You know, we pull out a text message. We got a text message while we were d- driving. We felt it or we heard it, you know. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to check it at the next red light and just see what it is. And that's fine, you know, that's the red light. And, you know, but sometimes you're, you're stuck on it. And the light turns green, you don't realize it. You know, just do a text message. Uh, I know I've I've been behind people. You can see what they're doing. Their head's down. The green light happens. You're behind them. And, you know, I'm a pretty good Christian person when I'm driving. Some of you are barely saved when you drive. I mean, come on. You know, some of you, you lay on the horn like, you know, the Christian honk. It's a beep, 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 beep. Hey, wake up. Come on, man. Got the green light. Beep, beep. Time to go. Time to get moving. So I hope maybe I convicted some of you about your driving skills right there. Beep, beep. You ready for this? Here's my question for you. What are you waiting for? Maybe you're like, man, I don't know if I'm ready to know God. Really? Come on. Beep, beep. Go. Come on. Take that next step. I said, well, you know, I need, I need freedom, but I'm not ready to let go. I, I'm too scared. I said, come on, man, really? You want to go another month? Another, another year? Hanging on to the past? Hanging on to that habit, that addiction? Come on, find freedom. Let's go. Beep, beep. Or maybe you're here. He said, man, I, need, I just need to discover my purpose. I mean, come on, put yourself in the right environment so the best version of you can happen. Let's go. You can do it. Beep, beep. Come on, let's go. Take the next step. Man, maybe you know your purpose, but maybe you need to take that next step and start catching out the fruit, start bearing fruit so that others can get it from you It can be beneficial from you, so that you can make a difference in the lives of people. Come on, let's go. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Man, it's time to grow. It's time to flourish. It's time to bloom. Don't be dead. Don't be dormant. Take your next step. What is your next step? Where are you today? And what's your next step? Man, God, show me. and show us the path of life so that we can experience joy and fulfillment that only you can give.